Hi, and welcome to Mama Don's Moments. I'm Julie. And I'm Stephanie. And we are the better half of the watch. Here, we'll talk about real life, family, and commiserate a little on what it means to be a Coast Guard spouse. Thanks for joining us. Okay, today, who do we have, Julie? Who's our special guest? Well, today we have um, our friend Caroline, who is also the ombudsman for several units here in Cape May. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, Caroline, could you introduce yourself? Yes. And explain to us, like, what is an ombudsman? Sure. I'm Caroline. I am an ombudsman in Cape May um, for a few units. Um, an ombudsman is going to be the liaison between the command, um, which is who the Coasties work for, and the spouses, the family members who live there. And what does a liaison do? So any information that needs to be passed from the command uh, to the spouses or the family members will go through the ombudsman and they'll relay it out to the spouses. They can relay it out through a Facebook page, an email strand, a newsletter, uh, but it's a way to get the needed information to the spouses. And how long have you been an ombudsman? For almost two years. Is this your first command? It is. What made well, you want to be it's one? It's my first command, but I have five commands. Go on. So I um, run, I am the ombudsman for Tracen, and then I also have um, the ant, which is a super small one, and then I have three of the FRCs. Okay, so for everybody else, that's the training center at Cape May, which is boot camp. The ant is the small boats. Small boats. Yeah, the small repairs. boats that do and repairs. The They're boots. the ones who kind of do the, um, I can't think of the name. Maintenance? Yeah, but aren't they in the little orange inflatables? Then they do. Yeah, like buoy maintenance. Okay. Yeah. And then the FRCs are the fast response cutters, right? Yes. Okay. That's right. Just to make, I'm sure most everybody knows what we're talking about, but for those that don't. Maybe somebody is not Coast Guard related listening. Yeah. What made you want to be an ombudsman when you got here? So, um, if you ask my husband, it's because I don't like to have any free time. But <laughs> the main thing, um, you guys know, I was always in the Coast Guard family. Um, so I was lucky enough to, with my dad being in, um, and my husband and my brother, if I ever had a question or needed something Coast Guard related, I always had somebody to ask. Uh, so I'd just call my mom if she didn't know. I'd ask my brother. Somebody would always tell me. Um, so when we found out that we were coming here and Eric was going to be on a ship again, and it was our first time being away from family, I was like, maybe I should finally figure this stuff out for myself. Um, and because ombudsmen have to go through a long training to figure out, learn everything. Um, so then I also started thinking, for all of the people who don't have such a strong Coast Guard support system of knowing stuff, um, that that would be great for me to be able to be that for those spouses. I love that. Yes. We are so happy you're our ombudsman. Oh, thanks. What sort of issues have you encountered from commands that you've had to communicate downward to the families? Uh, the biggest ones so far... We, we all live in an area where there's natural disasters or in hurricane area. Um, so if there's any natural disasters like hurricanes, then the ombudsman is going to be the one to 
find out where the families are going and tell them how far out they can go. Um, so luckily we haven't had one here, but one came close. Um, so those issues also like a government shutdown and the planning to have to figure out how people are going to get their bills paid. And were you in on the meetings for a lot of that? Yes. Super fun. Um, it's, it's interesting being an ombudsman for such different units because like Trayson, we don't really have people that are gone. Like the spouses are here every day. Um, whereas like the FRCs, they're gone for weeks or sometimes a month at a time. Um, so it's different. The issues that you get are different where like Trayson, sometimes it's just people mad with their neighbors or something happening where as an FRC, it could be a spouse having an emergency that, okay, does the command want, you have to figure out ahead of time, does the command want you to contact them? How do they want it contacted? Um, and if the, the command is far away on a ship, that's different than just being able to walk to the command building. And walk in, but you don't even have a parking spot. I don't. And the visitor one is always taken. So I'm back out way when it's pouring rain. I got to get wet. What sorts of issues have you encountered from the families and spouses that had to be communicated up other than just emergencies? Has there been anything else? Um, emergencies, um, there could be, you know, sometimes spouses, especially very new spouses don't understand Coast Guard life and they don't understand why they can't talk or why they can't know things. Um, so to be, you have to be able to kind of rein them in and let them know so that they don't want the issues brought to the command. Um, and, but it also could be, there's really... I mean, we live in Coast Guard housing. There's a lot of different people that are all living in a very small area (laughs) with sometimes very thin walls um, and a lot of different kids that are being raised a lot of different ways. Um, Sometimes that clashes and people want everyone to know about it. Yeah. You also had like the school bus thing was a big one for you. School bus. That was a big one. Yeah. The school bus and the after school school program. The, the after school program that was a lot of how can fix it yeah for me. yeah and fix that for me we have fixed both of those i did not <laughs> i was the one that was able to tell everyone it was fixed so that was fun <laughs> what do you wish more spouses would do uh like what do you wish they would understand more of what do you wish you could change in us in us as a Coast Guard spouse. Relax. No. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of spouses, so we're all being brought from a lot of different areas all over, a lot of different backgrounds. Um, and a lot of these spouses are very young. They've never been away from their clique or their people. They don't know how to to interact with other people in the same situation as them, Um, especially if you're moving to like our lovely housing that a lot of people are not happy with. Um, (laughs) They they just like to complain and they like to air their dirty laundry and they they don't know how to do that the right way. Yeah, Facebook 
sometimes can be very interesting. Yes, especially when you're talking about your neighbors who are also on on that Facebook page. Yeah, Yeah, but we can post anonymously now. That must make it better, right? Right. Totally, because you can't figure out who that is. (laughs) (laughs) We like to just sit and read the comments. Because you're talking about a certain place on in housing or a certain playground, and then everybody can just go walk to those buildings and see who lives there. So you wish that people would just not have a problem as much basically just learn to deal (laughs) no i feel like they need to they don't they think about themselves and they're not thinking that like okay maybe you're having this issue somebody else might be having this issue but they may not have a spouse there to help them with this issue where you're airing it out and it you somebody always has it worse than you do and you don't know what people are going through um just because you're in an area with all Coast Guard people doesn't mean that all of them have the same job, doesn't mean that all of them are going through the same things. Yeah. So maybe take a beat before you come go to Facebook and complain. Right. Complain to your ombudsman. Yeah. <laughs> Call your <laughs> I ombudsman. Think everybody should take a beat before they go to Facebook to complain. Yeah. Yes. Julie, do you need to check your phone? I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. My kids are trying to walkie talkie me, and I'm like, what do you need? Uh, Caroline, do you find that it is difficult to live in housing and be the ombudsman? Sometimes, yes. They, people know who I am and they, especially people wanting to be my friends on Facebook, say, I don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) And I have one that I don't friend people if I don't know who they are. Um, But they also think, like, if they'll see me and they're like, oh, have you heard about this? I'm like, no, I haven't but they think that I should. Um, But sometimes that means it's just not that important. Yeah. But people always want the scoop. Oh, and you can't, you can't dish on the scoop. You can't dish on the scoop. (laughs) And that's a good point. I mean, that must make it very difficult for you to make friends when you go places as an ombudsman, right? Because you, you may or may not know are they trying to be my friend because they want gossip or are they trying to be my friend because they don't want gossip to right. like, what are their intentions? Right. Or do they think that like, you're just like, they can't come to you because you might tell somebody something that they've said where like in a position of, Oh, if I'm just like telling her how I feel about something, is she going to take it as that's my friend? listening or is that an ombudsman listening right right and then what are you telling your husband about what i just told you i would freak out about that (laughs) that would be my secret like what is what does everybody know about it now but right you have like a very strict no tell anybody anything policy unless it affects the command or the member right yeah everything is anonymous unless there are certain things that are not anonymous but i don't but people so an ombudsman i think is a resource that people don't really use as much as they could. Ooh, tell us more. So I think that, one, I don't think people really know about it. And they don't know that, like, we we ha- we go through hours and hours and days of training of how to keep things anonymous, what things we're not supposed to keep anonymous, um, way, resources to give people. So people will just kind of sit there and keep things to themselves um, because maybe they are afraid of how it's going to look or afraid that their ombudsman is going to tell somebody something. 
um, when really we just want to help you. We're volunteers. We're doing it because we want to do it, not because we're being forced to. Where if people just were like, hey, I need help with this. And you can get in trouble if you were to violate that privacy, right? you can get relieved, yes. So I guess everything is anonymous unless it's which things. So there are certain things that have to be reported, and those are um, spousal maltreatment, child abuse, um, homicide, suicide, and then anything that each command can come up with things that they want to know about, um, and those have to be re- reported to the command. It's But usually that's not anything but the the four big ones we can't hold that those in yeah so but everything else anybody tells you is totally anonymous yes and even if there is an issue that needs to be brought to command the issue of does this the you know the first question is always does this person want to remain anonymous so an issue can still be brought up without names being included we we would just change them to joe blow (laughs) (laughs) so if there is a resource that you wish more spouses knew i mean other than call your ombudsman or contact your ombudsman what would that resource be that you find like hey i'm constantly giving the same advice what is that well so another thing is i don't i feel like people don't use their ombudsman because i don't really give out a lot of advice and it's not really like i feel like it's something that people if they know about it, they don't use it until it's like too late. Like now you're having an emergency and your ship is out. I don't even know who my ombudsman is. Let me try and find that out first. Um, but a, a big one, a lot of times is like needing help. If somebody is gone or the family is going through something, CG support is one that I always push out that hardly anybody ever even knows about even active duty members which also ombudsman is not just for spouses it can be for active duty members maybe they don't have a spouse or maybe they're going through something they don't want to tell their command about Mm -hmm. they can still come to their ombudsman so i don't think i knew that that's good to know yes we are for everyone we do not discriminate (laughs) (laughs) Could you, like, let's say an active duty member did not have a spouse, could you get in touch with their family members instead? Yes, it would have to be. So each command is different of how they are added. Um, if they're not, if the COSI is not married, um, they would have to add the name of who they want on the contact list. Um, if you're a spouse and you're married, then you can do it yourself. But if it's a family member or like a girlfriend or fiance, it depends. Um, the Coastie himself would have to have to do that. Do but you like, recommend that new Coasties put their moms? No. <laughs> I do not. Why is that? <laughs> because moms just are worry warts. They don't understand <laughs> what their kids are going through. And they and I, I do not want to be the ombudsman who gets a million emails from a mom asking, why is the ship out and I haven't heard from <laughs> my son? <laughs> Why am I not hearing or from daughter. my child or daughter? Day? <laughs> I have not heard from him in three days. Is everything okay? Well, have you yes. seen anything on the news? <laughs> no news is good news. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that it's important to um, have someone on 
the ombudsman list, even if you're not married, um, because you want somebody to find out what's going on and keep in the loop. It's de- it depends because like some units, all it is is what's going on on base and what events are going on. Yeah. And that you don't need your mom. Well, I don't know. It depends on the event. (laughs) Maybe they want to come. Maybe they want to come. But if it's something about like a ship being out or coming back in or updates on that, then you want somebody on there. So you're saying I could get on my nephew's ombudsman list. If he approves it. I just got on my brother's. Yeah, no, I'm fine. You good? (laughs) I'm good. You find out through the grapevine? Yeah, I just find out through the grapevine. There you go. How would a new Coast Guard spouse find who their ombudsman is? Uh, they can uh, have their spouse ask the command. when that. So when their Coastie checks in, um, I think it should be one of the check-in points, but not every command does that. Um, they can find out through their command who the ombudsman is, get the phone number, email. All of them have their own email. Um, there's also... Um, if they go through work life, they have a work life office. Work life can help them find their ombudsman. I think you can find it online. Is it online? There is a website, but I think it's being updated. So I'm not sure how accurate it is. My, I think it's my CG. Yeah, I'm not sure how up to date. But that I is. don't think that it's updated. Does every unit have an ombudsman? Every unit, as of this summer, every unit is required to have an ombudsman. Sometimes that doesn't happen, especially the smaller units. Because it's a volunteer. It is a volunteer and it's a spouse and it cannot be a command spouse because people, for obvious reasons, don't want to go complain to their command's wife about what's going on. I don't know. Depends on the command, I guess. (laughs) But um, yeah, especially the small units. um, Sometimes it's hard to get people to volunteer for that. Yeah. but everyone should have one. And I think because we're volunteers, uh, it's, and we have to go through so much training for it. I think people are just kind of like, I don't want to do that. We don't need one, but it's another one of those things like you don't need, you don't think you need one until you need one. And it's too late to get one. If someone's interested in being an ombudsman, how would they go about letting people know? They can um, let, Oh, their work life office know, or they can let their command know. Um, the command would set would get them in touch with their um, ombudsman coordinator, which is a, a work life office job. Uh, it's usually the family resource specialist takes that under, um, and they set up trainings. There's two trainings that you have to do. One is an online. You do it on your own training. That one you have to do every year, and then there's a big one that's three eight hour days that you do with all of the ombudsmen being trained that one you have to do one time but that's in a different location right you'll get to go different places it used to be but since covid now it's all online so it's zoom meetings for oh come on julie people want to be ombudsmen don't make it sound bad (laughs) yeah but y'all used to get to go places i know yeah they used to go places like all over yeah now it's Zoom. Yeah. So what is the difference between an ombudsman and somebody who is like an events coordinator at a base? Because there's sometimes I see kind of a blur in 
where that line is. Like, is the ombudsman the person who coordinates events at the base? Or is that like a, is that a spouse's club? If there's no spouse's club, is that just a really go-getter person? That is a really go-getter person. Um, Ombudsmen (laughs) are not allowed to organize events. Um, They are solely for information pass along and they can they can help they can tell you who to go to they can tell you like maybe some maybe they know the inside scoop on what spouses would like uh, but they can't organize it themselves Um, they can also not be on any board or have a position of power in any spouses club or events coordinating issues I think that's probably good. I, I would is. like to know that you were impartial at all times. Right. Yes. They need to be impartial at all times. I don't know. I think Caroline could plan a pretty big, good rager. Oh, I'm, I'm I sure she known. could. <laughs> <laughs> My pre-ombudsman days. <laughs> what sort of things, like if I were new to a, a location and I got in touch with you, if I just showed up here, what sort of things would I know to ask you and what sort of things would you know to tell me? So... Um, Ombudsmen are great resources for the local things in the area. They cannot recommend anything that's any type of business or anything that they would somebody would make money off of, but they can point you in the, the right direction of like, here's a Facebook page where everybody talks about what doctor they go to, or here's an area, this is where most people live, this area is where most people like to send their kids to school. This area, this daycare is where a lot of people from the base send their kids. Um, These are the, yeah, these are the grocery stores that I go to. This is where I get my hair done at. Um, As long as they're not pushing a specific business, they can let you know what everybody else does. Where do you get your hair? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I got a girl. (laughs) Uh, But also... I think it's a good it's a good point of contact for someone, especially if they have never been to an area before, if they don't know anybody in the area. I just did for my brother who's going to Florida. I we, I found his ombudsman for him and emailed her, and I was like, "My brother is coming, he, but he's an OCS. He can't contact you. Where should he look to live?" And he's got two kids that need a daycare, and she sent it right back and got to me and was like, "Let me know if there's anything else." That is a fantastic ombudsman. That sounds like something you would do. Yes, I would. <laughs> so do I, you encourage, would you encourage someone to definitely volunteer? Yes. I think there's not an, so because we're for the spouses, spouses, I think are sometimes a looked, we're looked over as needing certain things. Um, and this is someone for the spouses. They don't, because sometimes they're sitting there, they don't know anyone, they don't know who to go to. Maybe they're having an issue and they could be an issue in their marriage. It could be an issue with where they're living. Maybe they don't like it, but they should never feel like they're alone and that they don't have someone to go to. And if they're, especially a new spouse, if they don't know these the resources that are out there, or maybe they're in a panic, they're having an emergency and they they have heard this before, but they don't know who to go to. If they know that there is somebody that that in an emergency or in an issue, I don't know what to do, but I know that I can call this person and that that person would do whatever they can for them. All right, final question. I don't know. If you could just scream something from your heart as an ombudsman to the people, 
to our listeners, all 11 of them. I think, <laughs> I think three of them are us. <laughs> what would you scream from your heart to let us know? And keep in mind, we've already done an OPSEC episode. So we've already talked about operational security and not Facebooking the location of everything that's happening. Right, right. Uh, but from your ombudsman heart, what would you want everybody to know? Don't hold your issues in. Get the, if you need something, if you're not sure about something, or if there's a problem with something, don't hold it in. Let someone know so that they can help you. Yeah, that's good advice. All right, Caroline, thank you so much for coming in today and speaking with us. We love you and we're going to have you in a lot more. Yay. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll have more fun episodes. Yay. Hey, thanks for taking a moment with us, the Momandants. You can find us on our website at momandantsmoments.com. We also have social media, so you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, all with Momadance Moments. 